15 years ago, somebody went like this. How exciting. We have an announcement. This Young Turks show will start on Sirius Satellite Radio. It will be the first original talk show for Sirius Satellite Radio. And uh, and it was at that point that absolutely no one gave a shit. Uh -huh. um, and in fact, uh, in the first show that we did in the first day, first thing, is um, we calculated that uh, based on the number of subscribers Sirius Satellite Radio had, uh, which was 432 people when they first launched. Oh my God! Okay, yes. Uh, now they have tens of millions of subscribers, but when they did, they only had that many, mm -hmm. um, and nobody had heard of it yet. Mm -hmm. uh, the number of channels that were on the system and the number of um, shows within those channels, mm -hmm. we estimated that we had one listener. Wow. Okay, when Ben and I first started doing the show. Ben's in Atlanta, couldn't make it today, uh, otherwise he's, he'd obviously be here. And, and we even named him. Uh, we named him Winthrop. Did you ever identify this individual? So now, of course, we made it up, there was no actual Winthrop, and so for all we knew, there were zero listeners, oh, right? Okay. For all we knew, we were awesome and there were seven listeners when we first started. <laughs> but we would call him, and every once in a while we would talk to him, like, so Winthrop, as we were saying, right? Uh -huh. And I think like a year or two years later, somebody called in and said, hey guys, I'm Winthrop. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he's like, I was the guy who was beginning from day one wow. and when you guys kept calling it's a, your listener Winthrop, he's like, that was me. We're like, that's awesome, we found wow. Winthrop. Now, Winthrop has long gone to history, but who knows, maybe you're still out there Winthrop. And if we ever found the real Winthrop and he could prove it, mm -hmm. you know, with, uh, with anecdotes from lo long lost and forgotten shows, mm -hmm. Uh, then I don't know what we would do, but we would. Well, I'll tell you this: we do this. We have found Winthrop. <laughs> so the show began in 2002. Correct. Right. When would you say that it finally started to take off? Well, obviously, when Anna Kasparian joined Thank us. Thank you. I mean, that's the Thank whole point you. of her question. So let's just cut to the chase. Right? What am I saying? Come on. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like I started in 07. Okay, and things kind of started to change. In 2008, things really changed. No, I mean, before 07, nothing. After 07, everything. Right? Okay, or as Trump would say, so everything. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's a good question. Uh, Dave's here, uh, in a second we'll ask him as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so, the three folks in the beginning were me, Ben, and Dave. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we had Jesus and Jill and JR join us, and, and then Michael Shore, uh, and then Actually, Wes was before you too, mm -hmm. uh, and and then Anna and uh, etc. So, um, Dave's here. Let's let's bounce the question off. Are we ready or no? Yeah. All right, Dave. Was there a, a, a turning point where we we made it or whatever we call it? We've never had a turning yeah. point where we've made it. Definitely that that has had never that happened. Um, right. So let's keep it real on that. But when the, the business started to feel a little more stable, mm, okay. still, has that ever happened? That's still a different kind of question. <laughs> okay. I think 
you're in, to your initial question, the first time it's, okay, this is somewhat real, was when we got a contract with Air America. Because then someone else recognized, oh yeah, these guys have a show that works, we're going to pay them and give them a time yeah. slot on our network. I disagree. <laughs> There's a lot of reason to disagree. I could even argue against that. No, but actually that's a great answer though. So for those of you uh, who don't remember, uh, slash 80% of you at least, probably 98% of you, but um, I know there's a lot of people in the audience screaming now, I remember I was there, I, I was listening to you guys. So um, when we start, Sirius Satellite Radio is nothing, and we're a podunk show uh, uh, that we think one person listens to. You can't get, you have to subscribe to Sirius Satellite Radio. At that point, it's in almost no car. You have to buy it, somehow put it on your car, and, and listen that way, or put it in your home. And, and there's Howard Stern's not on Sirius. Nothing's on Sirius. No, 90s on the nine. <laughs> no, probably that, that probably was the 90s on the nine. <laughs> oh. Okay, it wasn't like it was a barren landscape. It's only the Young Turks were like, bing, bing. we are the lone survivor of Sirius satellite radio. No, uh, but we were their first original talk mm -hmm. show. Mm -hmm. So they had syndicated talk shows, but we were the first one, and the only one when they launched mm -hmm. that was actually specific to Sirius Satellite Radio. So the other shows, the Rusty Humphreys show, who's the guy, the, the uh, conservative finance guy with Jesus that actually helped us a little Dave bit? Ramsey? Dave Ramsey. He wasn't Dave serious. Ramsey. He was a like regular Dave Ramsey. Radio. Oh, okay, Dave Ramsey. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, you like yeah. any financial guru? Yeah, he gives pretty good financial advice. I'm just putting it out there. I know he's conservative, but hey, I'm open-minded. Advice is always the same. Yeah. Don't go into debt. Don't spend a lot of money. And yeah, but he he has good. <laughs> hey. He has good advice for how not to get into debt or how to get out of debt. Okay, quickly. bullshit. I, I never no. listen to talk radio. It's slightly ironic, but I've listened to Dave Ramsey like for five and a half minutes in my entire life. Every time I tuned in, it was the same. Cut your credit card. Cut it up right now. Go grab scissors. Get the credit card. Cut it. Jesus loves you. Yeah, there is the Jesus component. <laughs> now, I'm being a dick because he was actually at times randomly helpful to us. Yeah, right? very helpful. He and his uh, his people. They oh. actually, see? we called and asked for help, and they, they responded. They spent time on the phone with us, gave us see, advice. See, that's a good heartwarming story because, see, conservatives can be great people who help a liberal talk show when they didn't have to. Yep. So God bless Dave Ramsey and cut your credit card. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, uh, and oh, I'm going to tell you a great Dave Kohler trick in a little bit. But there's so much to talk about in the first hour, and I still have to show you the old videos. Okay. Uh, but Dave is right, just to finish that story super quick. So when we start on series, nothing, nothing, nothing. And we're looking for legitimacy. I told you a story yesterday in the post game about how when we first got paid, uh, finally they realized we're on their air, they hire a real program director, I go to New York, there's a short version, become a member, get the longer version, tytnetwork.com slash join. Anyways, mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and, and he goes, okay kid, you guys aren't bad, I'll, I'll hire you, it's a small amount of money, I don't remember how we divvied it up, but it was like $5 for... Dave and, and five for me and maybe Ben got six. Anyway, whatever it was, it was very small. And uh, and uh, so Air America Radio started and it was like the liberal answer to talk radio. Mm -hmm. And back then it had a lot of buzz. Mm -hmm. They're like, ooh, Air America's coming and they're gonna take on Rush Limbaugh and, blah, 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 and they're gonna do this and they're gonna do that. And we're like, oh my God, could you imagine if we made it out to Air America? That would be amazing. So, ooh, super secret story time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this feels like a post game. This is great. So, I think it was in 04. I don't know if you remember, Dave, when we got invited to Washington. I, 
You weren't there, right? It was just me and Ben? There was one time where you and Ben went. Yeah. But that, maybe that's where your story is. But then you went the next year, and I did go. Okay, right. So it was the one before you went, so 04, I think it was. So they're like, okay, come to Washington, and we're going to have Democratic senators talk to you. We're not on Air America yet. We're on Sirius. I'm like, wait, us? Well, okay, that sounds fun. Uh -huh. Let's go, right? And um, that's where Ben met his first wife, Contessa. Mm -hmm, okay, mm -hmm. he he actually stinked me over. I said, hey, Ben, look at how hot she is." And Ben and I turn around, he's gone and already talking to her. I was like, "What?" And I was stuck with some Democratic Congressperson. <laughs> and I was like, dum, 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 dum. "Okay, anyways, okay." So they put on this whole dog and pony show. Joe Biden came. Uh -huh. uh, all these people came. Joe, uh, that was the moment, uh, the second time in my life that Joe Biden close talked to me. Uh -huh. You know how Joe Biden's a little yes. weird and touchy yes. and yada yada. Uh -huh. He didn't run his fingers through my hair, but he got up like this close and was telling me about the how we should partition Iraq. And I was like, "That's so true." But can you please move away? <laughs> he was right all the way back then about uh, partitioning Iraq. Anyways, and so there was. Um, we don't. These are all apparently liberal hosts. They mm -hmm. gathered together from across the country. I didn't know who gathered them, mm -hmm. uh, and I. And Byron Dorgan, the senator from North Dakota, who was a Democrat back then, had something to do with it. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know what was the money behind it. Not, like most of us didn't know. Um, but there was, and so we don't know each other at all. We're all tiny shows. And so one guy kept raising his hand and raising his hand. Was and it he, you? No, no. <laughs> it, it, funny enough, it wasn't me. And and he would stand up and give these big thundering speeches. It wasn't you? I know, I know. And Ben was like, who is this guy, right? <laughs> and his name was Ed Schultz. Ah. <laughs> okay. Uh -huh. And then some of you folks will remember Randy Rhodes, who yeah. had a show on Air America as well. Again, this is pre-Air America. And, and apparently she had a successful show in Florida down the, at the time. I get along great with Randy now. Yeah. She's wonderful and you should check out her show. But back then... Um, I'm going around trying to be friendly, trying to meet people. Ben's trying to avoid getting embarrassed. Like uh -huh. he's just like, this is weird. I just, please, I don't want anyone to talk to me, nor do I want to talk to you, except for that really hot girl over there who I'm going to marry later. <laughs> okay, so um, and so I go up to Randy Rhodes and I'm like, hey, how you doing? Uh, we're Jank and Ben, and we do this show called The Young Turks in L.A. and 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 who are you? And she's like, <gasps> and and she had just gotten into the elevator. And as the elevator doors are closing, she's like, I'm Randy Rhodes. Oh my God, <laughs> look at that picture. Okay, that is one of my favorite pictures of all time. You actually have a genuine smile in that picture, and you're not awkward. Yes, yeah. and my forearms look kicking. Oh my God. Okay, I love that old uh, uh, USC shirt that, no, JR didn't get it for me, even though it was USC Athletics. Zara got it for me because she used to tutor uh -huh. the athletes at USC. Oh wow! So that's my ex-girlfriend, and uh, and she was stunned oh at how God, um, un so unintelligent baseball players were. Oh, that picture way. is so good. It's so good. <laughs> oh, that picture is so good too. I don't even think that looks like me. I mean, it, of course, it does a little bit, but it looks like a guy who's my doppelganger. Yeah. Yes. My body double. Like if I was Saddam Hussein, that guy would be my body double. You look like an Italian dude from New York. Don't Jersey. I? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one out of two ain't bad. <laughs> So she was like, I'm Randy Rhodes. And then the things, I was like. So dramatic. I was like, okay, okay, you're, I got it. 
You're Randy Rhodes. So how did you guys, um, you know, mend your broken relationship after that? Point? With Randy Rhodes? Yeah. Oh no, we just got to know each other. It was fine. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there's a little bit of drums behind the scenes with some of the liberal hosts. Uh huh. But most of them, the overwhelming majority, are tight knit community who are wonderful and. And we had this motley crew back that got to go out with for hours with stories. Only if we had a three-hour show, <laughs> you know, I won't get through any of those stories. Anyways, um, one time we were on the road. I'm jumping around a little bit here, and they had invited us to Seattle. We had and we had a Bernie Sanders kind of moment. Uh -huh. So Tom Hartman, Ed, uh, uh, Stephanie Miller, Mike Malloy, okay, and the local radio station there that had all of us on. Uh, was going to do an event and they were inviting people and then we were going to be on stage and stuff. And we get there and there's this huge fucking throng of people mm -hmm. and we're like, oh, I wonder what's going on before us, right? And then we get out of the car and they start screaming. Mm -hmm. We're like, holy shit, it's for us! That's so cool! That's like the, uh, the moment that Bernie Sanders and his team talk about when in the primaries, really early in the primaries, they go to Minnesota, yeah. there's 7,000 people there, they're like, what rock Star was here before us, and and they like no Bernie, that's for you. Wait, so that was actually for you guys? It was for us. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, yeah. Wow. And that place was jammed, and it was loud, and it was they were going nuts. They're like Tom Hartman, we love you. They're throwing their underwear. Some are throwing feces. No, that's not true. Okay, and uh, and it was fun because we were all like coming up together. And, yeah. And Mike Malloy's a mad dog. Mm -hmm. Do you know what's going on with Mike Malloy? Because you're the talk radio guy, Dave. Not lately. No, do you yeah. know? Or no, you're... I think he might I have think retired. he's on the radio. Well, maybe. He was on the radio until recently, at least. Maybe. So, I mean, if you think we're left, if you think Jordan or Jimmy's left, wait till you get a load of Mike Malloy. <laughs> so, if he's out there somewhere, go find him. I think you'll enjoy his program. Uh, and we'd, he'd rant and rave internally, too. They're like, here goes Mike. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a little bit older. He's like one of those old school liberals. Like, where's the tree? Where's the tree? Come here, come here, red guy! Come here! So, <laughs> what did Dave think of this Motley crew? Because I remember early on, uh, there was this whole notion of the liberal blogosphere. And the liberal blogosphere had one prominent critic, and that critic was Dave. Kohler, right? <laughs> and I loved when he would criticize the liberal blogosphere. I would love when you would rush home after every show because you had to blog something out, and then Dave would would say something hilarious about it. Okay, all right, go ahead, go ahead. See yeah, well, those I don't know how much those radio shows were in the liberal bars, but generally Anna's recollection is more or less correct. But mostly, what I didn't like is the liberal blogosphere was a echo chamber like the right wing had, except you were echoing just among. Yourselves and biggest complaint, of course, was Jenk was getting all his material from the liberal blogosphere echo chamber instead of going outside of it. When the show started, 2002, three, part of 2004, it, the show was about it was to me more genuine. Whatever the news came in, that's what the show and Jenk would put out. Mm -hmm. But it became soon after that to have an agenda, the liberal blogosphere agenda. I love this guy, man. I love this so guy. So that, that's so, what bothered me. <laughs> so who else does this, right? Uh, so Dave's been doing this forever. I don't think he's right at all. <laughs> okay, But he would do play-by-play -play in the control room, because that was also our office back in the day, in the old office. And as I'm doing the show, he's a fucking liberal blogosphere over here. Oh, it was the best. It was the best. That was, hold on though, that was actually one of uh, 
a few reasons why I wanted to keep working here, right? So reason number one was that it was unfiltered, uncensored, we could speak our minds, so I love that. Um, but I also loved that someone can just openly criticize you as you were doing your thing. So it showed me two things. First of all, it's an environment where different opinions are valued, right? And also it showed me that you're not Trumple thin skin, right? Like mm -hmm. you, 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 you know, you took it like a G. Like you didn't, <laughs> you know, you didn't really mind it. Maybe you did, but you did a good job hiding it. Yeah, some people were, hey, like, hey, a, a lot of your old school friends work at the company. Um, so is it, are they like, yes, but they're the exact opposite. <laughs> Nobody's ever criticized me more than Dave Kohler, Steve O, and, oh, and actually old school Jack Gerard, absolutely, too. Really? So you don't know that as much, but yeah. yes. He's, Jack has kicked me out of several places. Okay. I love it. <laughs> anyway, so um, Dave thinks the this sh this show was at its best in like 03 when no one was listening. Yeah, that's not because <laughs> of the quality of the shows, because we didn't have a name yet. We were on no platforms. Yeah, that's true. And if you brought that back, well, so I, of course I don't agree. You did bring it back. That's what old school is. Old school, yeah, old school is wonderful. What we'll do for you guys uh, tonight, and that's free for everybody. And yes, I'm going to get to all the exciting news in a second, too, and we got a great video for you guys about the journalism campaign, and I should read those names, but let me just finish those two quick stories, really quick with no other stories, okay? So, um, so of course I still read the New York Times and all the other things uh, when in 05 or whenever Dave thinks I got corrupted by the liberal, the liberals, right? <laughs> by the way, Dave's more liberal than me, so that's the other thing, right? Like yeah. there's, there's no, anyway, um, so, but yes, the liberal blogosphere was an alternative to the mainstream media and one that was desperately needed, especially during the Bush years. Mm -hmm. So part of what the liberal blogosphere, guys like Glenn Greenwald were saying, and back then he was on a tiny little blog even before he made it onto Salon and then Guardian mm -hmm. and then The Intercept, right? So on his own blog, I'm like, this fucking Greenwald guy, man, he's, he's really smart, this is some good shit. Mm -hmm. And he would point out the hypocrisy of the government, and I'd be like, Dude, this is true, this is correct, right? Blogosphere. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So yeah, but I never diminished Glenn Greenwald's work. Yeah, it was obvious from the beginning that he, he was onto something. No, no, and I know, and I know. It's, it's his criticism, Dave's criticism was certainly not directed at Glenn, but overall. Okay, so the, to finish the Air America story, so when they launched, we didn't make it on. Whatever secret shenanigans were going on to put the liberal hosts on there, mm -hmm. we weren't part of it because, as always, we were outsiders and we're like, what's going on here? Can somebody clue us in? Mm -hmm. Nope, sorry, we launched your god. Like, fuck! I even thought about launching a war against Air America. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a goofball, right? Anyway, uh, so. In their second, second iteration, and there was many iterations of mm -hmm. Air America because management was a disaster, it was a mess. Uh, they weren't winning with, with their management, in that case literally. Uh, they finally asked us to be the morning show. Uh, and so that's the show where we uh, replaced Mark Marin, and mm -hmm. he never forgave us and, and we bumped Rachel Maddow to 10 o'clock and et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and, and that's why it was, in radio, the best time slot is morning drive, mm -hmm. but it's morning drive for the East Coast, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. East Coast. 
Here, obviously in LA, where we were doing the show, since we need to be live across the country, it was 3 a.m. Yes. to 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. But we were, at least me, I was super psyched. We made it on to the legendary Air America, and and we had the the best spot on the on the dial, the morning drive show, the most important one. So I think Dave's right. That was a moment where we were like, down up we made it. And little did we know, we had not come anywhere near making no, it. No, right. Mayor America's gone in a year and a half. It wasn't until 2007 when you hired a, a young right. woman by the name of Anna Kasparian that you really started to cultivate a following. Sure. You know? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but I will tell you this. Uh, last thing on that is that there was that moment, and it's in the movie Mattis Helm, and at this point you were already there, mm -hmm. where we crossed 250 million views. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's a quarter of a billion. We can begin to say billion in the number of people that have viewed us, or at least the number of views. I was like, wait a minute, this is pretty fucking badass. Like, I think we got something here. And then we went to Andrew's house and had that party, which is all yes. also in Mattis Hell, yes. where we toasted, and you know. And I think that's when we started to think, like, okay, we're nowhere near making it. And financially, it was still an absolute disaster. Mm -hmm. uh, but here we go. We got something here. Something. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, let me shout out uh, the names for the uh, journalism campaign. That's what we're doing here. And we're actually going to introduce you in a little bit in this hour uh, to Michael Tracy, one of the guys you helped to hire, and we'll talk about the work he's done already. Uh, Jacob from Wisconsin gave 127 bucks. I, oh, I changed my shirts to do Sword in the Darkness one more time. So, uh, so this is we're stopping this shirt today. So go ahead and panic and uh, and and contributing. If you do 127 contribution, you get this shirt. Uh, $250 from Chad in New Zealand. I love it in New Zealand. Thank you, Chad. Uh, Jacqueline from Pennsylvania, 500 bucks. All right, you rock the world. Let me see where we are on the fundraising. 231,223. Okay. Come on, guys. By the end of the day, let me see 250, okay? Well, because we've got to get to the halfway point of 1.5. Once we get to 1.5. Okay, and then we hired actually again two people, an investigative reporter, a commentator, and oh no, a special awesome bonus. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying I haven't said anything for it except for everything I've said today. Okay, all right, you got to so, get to the other stuff you promised. I, I do. So before the pictures, before the videos, the two things that I really, really promised you guys. Uh, let's do it now. I got news today. That a world leader um, watches the show, and I couldn't believe it. So, uh, a reporter that's come on the show more often than than almost anyone else is Michael Isikoff. Uh, mm -hmm. He used to come on uh, all the time back when he was a Newsweek reporter, and we were doing radio, and then we began online, and we talked to him many different segments for probably in total hours and hours. It's a great uh, legendary investigative reporter, and he's now at Yahoo. And, and so he scored an interview with this guy. Okay. And, and it's a big get. And at some point, I don't know what prompted him. I don't know if it was that Michael's been on the Young Turks or somehow came up in the conversation. But he said, oh, I watch the Young Turks all the time. Who is it? Just say who it is. Bashar al-Assad. Shut up. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, ah. 
The Syrian <laughs> president slash dictator watches the Young Turks. What the fuck? Holy shit. So I don't know if he watches the live show. If he does, hey Bashar, how you doing? Please stop killing people. Okay. I don't know if he watches clips. I don't know if he watches on YouTube or Facebook where he's like, no, I kinda like the Hulu one where they package into a nice half hour, right? <laughs> I don't even know if he has an accent. He studied in in Europe. <laughs> he has an accent, but he doesn't have your dad's accent. <laughs> oh my God. And and at first I was like, "Holy shit, that's kind of powerful, right?" And then I was like, "Oh my God, how do I get him to stop? How do I get him to stop <laughs> yeah. killing people and stop the civil war?" And now I know it's not all on him, but a lot of it's on him. Yeah. And so, woo, as my grandma would say. Yeah. Man, I thought it was going to be someone exciting. What? No, no, hold on, hold on. <laughs> it's I guess not someone nice, but it's as exciting as you can get. It's okay, sure, it's exciting. But I thought it would be like, I don't know, a better world leader. Angela Merkel. <laughs> or uh, Angela. Justin Trudeau. Do you think he watches? Justin Trudeau. Oh my God, you you're worried about whether Justin Trudeau watches. <laughs> <laughs> you're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe Bashar al-Assad watches because he's like, "Come on, Anna, very beautiful and smart. I like." No, no, no. I'm not beautiful or smart. Please stay away from me. <laughs> well, look, Anna's dad from Syria, Bashar al-Assad from Syria. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, I'm I'm hoping to get Michael Isikoff back on the show to talk about that because it was a very contentious interview, really, really interesting. One, you should check that out on Yahoo News, and two, we'll try to get Michael on the show. Dude, he interviewed Bashar al-Assad. That's amazing. That is amazing. That Isn't is, that amazing? That is incredible. I think that's the mo the I don't know if it's the best part of the story, but good for him. Definitely not the best part of the story, <laughs> but good for Michael Isikoff. Yes. That's wonderful. Um, okay, now, oh, by the way, the one adjunct to that story that I might have told in a postgame one one time, I was at the RNC just you know, obviously uh, last summer. And uh, and a Kurdish reporter comes up to me, and he's like, "Oh my God, I can't believe I met you. You're so famous." I'm like, "I am," and I'm like, "Where exactly are you from?" I'm like, "He's like, oh, I'm from the Kurdish region of Iraq. I'm in northern Iraq, in, in you know." I'm like, "Why am I famous there?" Uh, he's like, "Oh, are you kidding me? You did a video when we beat back ISIS mm -hmm. in a, in a town, and you said that we have." you know that we were the best fighters and we had retaken the town and that that we would have that area of Iraq forever and that the Iraqi government couldn't uproot us and nobody could uproot us he's like that went viral all over Kurdistan and there were like celebrations oh wow it's over an american anchor said we will have kurdistan <laughs> Let him keep believing that. <laughs> so, yeah. So, from the liberal blogosphere to here. Yeah. We started from the bottom. Yeah. You know, I think that was probably the biggest adjustment that I had to make uh, with the show because when I started, no one watched, right? Mm -hmm. Or very few people watched. And so I felt comforted by the fact that I could say whatever I wanted and there wouldn't be any real consequence to it. You know, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't irresponsibly say things. But if I made a mistake, it wasn't the end of the world. If I misspoke, it wasn't the end of the world. If I said something that was a little too aggressive, I didn't worry about the ramifications of it. And now it's like, oh, people are watching. 
Like so I gotta every be, minute, every word is parsed. And that, you're yeah, right. yeah, totally. People will take some of your stuff out of context um, or, or over exaggerate something that you've said. So. Yeah, and uh, yeah, back then we were, we'd say anything. Yeah, we <laughs> I were. I mean, Google Jill Pike shower. You will find a very interesting story. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Not visuals. Don't get too excited. Okay. And then we later in that uh, in this show we're going to have your shoe story, the legendary oh, shoe story. Yeah. Okay. Which was also a little uh, controversial. So um, now the the second big uh, supplies story. So I just came back from New York uh, and I get off the plane and I look behind me and I'm like, oh. Louis Gohmert. Mm -hmm. That's the second time I've run into Louis Gohmert, uh, and uh, and I'm probably the only one in LA who recognizes him. So uh, I he was right behind me in the escalator. I wait for him to get down, and I and I turn around. and I'm like, hey, C Congressman Gohmert, um, I'm Jane Huger. Um, I cover politics, so I know you, uh, and uh, and I don't often agree, but I uh, but I think I agree with you on a constitutional question. And mm -hmm. I asked him about this about what he thought about conventions. Okay, so it was a good icebreaker, and and I had seen him one other time in L.A., and I talked to him about that, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that was a good conference," and yeah, da, da. and I and and so as we were talking about the Constitution, now I, I have talked to a lot of newsmakers off the record, mm -hmm. and I have never ever divulged any of that, even though there's some amazing shit in there. Mm -hmm. I can't believe what David Petraeus told me. <laughs> okay, so there's some random ass stuff, and that's in the post games and stuff like that. The stories that I could tell about how that came to be, but never divulged anything they said off the record, mm -hmm. right? So, um, and I don't even try. I, I just I want people to feel comfortable and stuff. That's not for me. That's for reporters, Michael Hastings, some of the new guys that we hired, etc. Do a wonderful job of that. Anyway, but in this case, I very clearly identified myself. I even told him I don't agree with him. So as we were talking about the Constitution, and I said, "Oh, I, I wonder what Trump's position on that is." And he said he paused and he was like, I don't think he studied the Constitution very much. And I was like, whoa. Jerome's. Louis <laughs> Gohmert thinks Trump is dumb. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so okay. Um now. Uh, we, we do have Michael coming up, Michael Tracy coming up in a second. So let me do half the pictures and then we'll roll a video. We'll, no, nah, I gotta show you the video. Show me more pictures, Jesus. So this is the old studio, let me show it to you. Um, and, then, uh, and then we'll take a break in a little bit. But uh, okay, so that's the one I was telling you about. That's the radio show studio. That's the one you never saw, Anna. Uh -huh. That was not the, have you ever seen pictures of it before? No. Oh, this is the first time you're seeing it. So that's outside the studio. Mm -hmm. That was, uh, apparently I wore that shirt every day because Ben was in a suit, remember, in the other picture. Yeah. So those are yeah. two different days. That's uh, me with Janine uh, Garofalo at one of the conventions. That's us with a very tall politician. Do you remember who that is, Dave? I can't quite see. It's not Sherrod Brown, is it? No, no, it's definitely not Sherrod Brown. John Thune? No. Aw, no. Dave. Oh, <laughs> this is in 04. This is the John Kerry convention. We're back to the studio. It was that tiny. I just squeezed past Ben there mm -hmm. to get to my seat, and I would knock over half of the papers there uh, as I squeezed past them. It was all these old articles that we either never got to or we really liked. Um, and the soundboard is still there on the desk somewhere. You see mm -hmm, it? Mm -hmm. 
You yeah, see it? Yeah, you yeah, see it, I right? Do. Um, Ben's one of, oh, and that's the diamond thing I was explaining in the post game yesterday. So you're looking at it from the vantage point of Dave or Jesus who would sit in that room and would produce the show and we would look at each other through that glass pane. Their uh, side, of, so that room is all there is and Jill would sit on the part you can't see. Mm -hmm. We barely, barely fit into that. But You Dave, can see the back of her head. Oh, you, oh right. there she is, yeah, that's yeah. right. Mm -hmm. and, and, and Dave and Jesus' room were half that size, maybe oh even my less. God. So it was minuscule. What was great about it is we could just come in with um, t-shirt, hat on, uh, just a bunch of papers lying around and there wasn't the pressure to write, read the graphics at the right oh time and play the videos in just the right place. We just kind of shoot the shit and talk over, you know, talk it out. Look at Michael Shore. Oh my God. Look at Michael Shore in the hat on the left hand side. And that's uh, legendary Jill Pike on the right hand side. So these are some of our interns. Look at JR's picture up top. You see it? Oh my God. Yes. There's Andy, the virginal intern, uh, to the left of JR. There's Mara Altman to the right of JR. Uh, I described all these folks in the post game yesterday, tytnetwork.com slash join to become a member. Oh, uh, there's Kitty Killer Shiva. Kitty Killer Shiva. Uh, Zara is in the middle. That's uh, Miss Jamaica, who made me Mr. Jamaica. Not a big deal. Uh, Commander Ralph is to the right as you're looking at Zara. Uh, and then James was the Korean dude who was super chill. Mm -hmm. I like James a lot. He was not the bulldozer. The bulldozer was another guy. That's Dave looking pretty cool. <gasps> and then Pam. Oh, yeah, Pam in the upper right. And then uh, Jesus looking badass right next to Zara on the left. Mm -hmm. Look at how young JR looks. Yeah. Doesn't he look like a kid out of college because he was a kid out of college? Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jesus still looks a little similar. Yeah, Jesus pretty much looks the same. And so does Dave, actually. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad good. you think so. I'm not so sure, but yeah, I'm glad you think so. Yeah, I'm not so sure either. So no offense, <laughs> Dave. Uh, and it's not strike back for the liver blogs. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I think Michael looks totally different. Yeah, Michael does look totally different. The beard did wonders for him. He looks good with the beard. He needs no, to keep all right. it forever. All right, God yeah. bless. That's good. Um, so, now, let's show you uh, the video, the new video that we're launching for the second half of the journalism uh, funding campaign. Before I do that, let me read more names though, and let's check the thing one more time. $27 from Courtney from Idaho, $27 from Manny from California, thank you Manny and Courtney, and $127 from Barbara in California, thank you Barbara. Uh, so now this is the new video for the second part of the journalism campaign, let's watch. We're going to go to Stanley Run, we're going to go to Flint, we're going to go to Washington, we're going to go all over the country. Imagine what we could do. All those other media with the billions of dollars they have, where the hell is their investigative reporting team? They don't want to rock the boat because that would disturb the status quo and they are the status quo. They are the establishment. So I'm going to ask you for your help. We told you that every $500,000 mark we would hire someone uh, new uh, and we are over delivering on our promise. Namika Cohen's new investigative reporter for the Young Turks. And we moved forward, we won Nevada, and you just have to look at what we did. But did you apologize? Has anybody, look, we are moving forward. We Will are, you apologize? We are past that. And why, why? That's all I'm going to say. Thank you. I think it's an honest I, question I, I to really, ask, really as the future of the party no, is about bringing these sides together, right? We've got a bonus for you guys, Sean Kim. We know that Donald Trump does much better at firing people than he does hiring amazing people. As soon after he fired the acting attorney general, Sally Yates, 
uh, he fired the head of uh, immigration and customs. So we're seeing chaos and instability uh, already. He spent most, most of his inauguration speech uh, railing against the establishment, but he is the establishment. Like he talked about uh, his beef with seeing jobs shipped overseas, but he has shipped jobs overseas. He is the Washington bureau chief for the Huffington Post, former MSNBC contributor, former writer for Politico, Ryan Grimm. But today, you, you saw that change ever so slightly, uh, partly as a result of Democrats having nothing left. They have exhausted every possible option other than listening to their base. And so I went to the floor of the Senate, I had my little speech, I'm ready, I'm gonna give my speech, right? So I talk a little bit, I read Senator Kennedy's statement, and I get warned. The reporter we're hiring, um, or that you hired, Michael Tracy, journalist and researcher. Uh, he is a columnist for Vice. He has uh, contributed before the New York Daily News, the Daily Beast, and many more. What could he do differently to, to you know, fill those positions with people who are competent um, and, and not necessarily give in to the pressures of just doing what the old Republican Guard wanted? I am here with Barrett Brown, um, somebody who defies easy description. I was uh, a journalist and I got involved with the anonymous movement uh, back in 2010 when the uh, Tunisian Revolution started. Uh, things sort of proceeded from there very quickly and there was a hack done by certain anonymous figures. Jordan Chardon, our reporter on, on the scene. Hey, it's Jordan with TYT and TYT Politics. I'm here right in front of Ocheti Sokolan camp. Uh, it's the main camp uh, that's been the site of the No Dapple movement. I want to ask you, do you have any evidence that he lit gasoline? Because I didn't hear any e evidence uh, exhibited today. Do you have any evidence of that? Say to you right now. But what about you passing a question to Hillary Clinton's campaign, the town hall before? Badger women, you're you're welcome. Yes, a journalist asking a question is badgering you. Are you sick of the mainstream media? Then I got good news for you. We're going to hire some investigative reporters, and we're going to go house. We're actually going to investigate what's happening in this country and stand up for you guys. Help us do it. Go to tytnetwork.com slash go. If everybody watching this video just gives a little bit of money, we'd have plenty to hire those investigative teams and unleash them on the country. So I love every clip in there. Uh, Jordan's so much fun to watch. Do you have yeah. any evidence of that? Yeah. Do you have any evidence of that? <laughs> he hounded that guy like the, all the way to his car. The guy barely got out of it. And uh, no, Mickey, in the beginning of that clip, are you going to apologize? Are you going to apologize? Are you going to apologize? You know who that was? That was the Nevada State Chair who um, uh, was the one who said that there were chairs thrown. And there were no chairs thrown. And she's the one who was like, the eyes and the nays. And, Okay, yep, the, the, the eyes have it. <laughs> so, uh, we're out there, man. We're out there fighting for you. So, let me see where we are on tytnetwork.com slash go. And then, uh, and then we're going to take a quick... There's 231,817. Can I see 250? Can I see 250? It's increasingly looking like the answer to that might be no. Uh, but, but we're going to keep on going. Uh, so, let's take a break here. Uh, when we come back, the guy you saw in that video, Michael Tracy, with the fireworks when we hired him, right? Uh, interviewed Mike Barrett Brown, Ron Paul, and others. We'll introduce you guys to him and talk to him a little bit. So let's take a quick break. And and hey, Jesus, are you going to ro roll one of the videos here? Yeah. We are. Okay, so you're going to get an old school video here. Is it number three or number 12? 
Uh, let's. Well, we said it, so let's do number twelve. Okay. So that's Anna with the famous shoe story mm -hmm. from back in the day. Okay. If you haven't seen this clip, you're going to enjoy it. It's a hell of an interesting story. It is controversial. There is controversy in it. Okay. So enjoy that during the break, and then we'll come back with Michael Tracy. Go.